No single player is going to fully replace what Drew Timmy brought to this Gonzaga program, but the bulk of those duties are going to fall on Wyoming transfer Graham E.K., who has not played in over a year. Let's talk about it. You are Locked on Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. Today's episode of Locked On Zags is brought to you by Game Time. So go ahead and download the Game Time app, create a prom- create an account, and use that promo code Locked On College, and you'll get $20 off your first purchase. Happy Friday. It is one of the it is the last Friday, the last Friday. Before we have Gonzaga basketball games next Friday, of course, is the exhibition game against Lewis Clark State. The following Friday is the season opener against Yale. Gonzaga basketball is back today to close out the week. We are discussing Graham E.K. in our player preview series. For those of you who have missed these, we are discussing every player on Gonzaga's roster. We're going to look at their history, how they ended up in Spokane, as well as they look at their best and worst case scenarios for the upcoming season, followed by a more realistic role prediction and a look towards the future. Check back in your feed, or if you're somebody who listens on YouTube, you can check out a playlist with all of these in there. We've done Ben Gregg, Ryan Nemhard, Steel Venters, Dusty Stromer, and Nolan Hickman. And now we're talking about the big man in the middle, one of the most enigmatic and exciting, intriguing players on Gonzaga's roster this upcoming season, and that is Graham E.K. Talk a little bit about who Graham, a- Graham E.K. is. Six foot nine center from Aurora, Colorado. He joined Wyoming in the class of 2020, and he was not a ranked prospect coming out of high school. Didn't have a ton of pedigree. Didn't have any stars on 24-7 sports. He did have some other offers, uh, including an offer from Washington State. So Power 5 teams were at least aware of him coming out of ice, uh, high school. LMU also made him an offer, as well as Air Force, St. Louis, Northern Colorado, handful of other programs in the mix there as well. Part of the reason EK wasn't as highly regarded and recruited coming out of high school is that he suffered a torn ACL while he was in high school. Injuries are going to be a big part of this story, of this conversation about Mr. EK here. Suffered that ACL tear in high school, ended up committing to Wyoming, joined the team as a freshman in that 2020-21 season, but only appeared in 12 games. He made his season debut on January 22nd, so he missed about the first half, a little more than the first half of the season with that torn ACL. Comes back against Nevada in that first game, zero points in nine minutes. Very auspicious start for Graham E.K. in his college basketball career, but again, this is an unranked freshman uh, joining a Mountain West team. You're not really expecting a lot, but E.K. very quickly after game one established himself as a premier player for this team. Two days later, in his next game, Graham E.K. dropped 18 points and had six rebounds. And from there, E.K. was E.K. He became the player that he ultimately showcased in that sophomore season we'll talk about momentarily. Uh, he ended up one of his last games of the year in the conference tournament against San Jose State. Again, as a true freshman in his 11th career basketball game, it was a conference tournament game, a must-win game for the Cowboys. And E.K. dropped 32 points on 12 of 14 shooting. 11th career game. 
That is a remarkable testament to how obviously talented this player was. And Wyoming probably at this point was just licking their chops going, we got ourselves an absolute steal for this kid to come in in this kind of pressure situation. 12 of 14 shooting in a conference tournament game dropped 32 points. All told, 20 minutes per game in those 12 games he played as a freshman, 11.2 points, 5.4 boards, shot just under 61% from the field on two-pointers. Then came the big season, the sophomore breakout, 2021-22. Graham E.K., as a starting center for Wyoming, was an absolute superstar. 33 games, 33 starts, 32 minutes per game. He was healthy from the tip. He played the entire season, and he put up some of the best numbers in all of college basketball. 19.5 points per game. 9.6 rebounds per game. He was a threat to go 20 and 10 every single night. He also averaged 1.3 assists per game. Now his efficiency dropped, not a shock considering how many field goals he was taking per game. He shot just 51.5% on twos, shot 27% on threes. Now that was three of 11. So the three-point shooting is just not really an area that he has ever really shown in his game up to this point. Uh, He was about 72% from the free throw line. So a capable free throw shooter, again, a little less efficient as a two-point scorer, but he averaged 19.5 points per game. That was 30th in the country. 30th highest points per game in the entire country, 21st in rebounds per game at 9.6. Nine of Graham E.K.'s 25, or excuse me, nine of Graham E.K.'s 33 games were 25 or more points. He topped 30 twice. He had 35 against Denver in a non-conference game, also had 14 rebounds in that game. He also dropped 33 points against Leon Rice and Boise State, a team that has historically been very good defensively. In fact, E.K. only missed double figures once. In that entire sophomore season, he had eight points against Colorado State on the road. That is it. Every other game that Graham E.K. played as a sophomore, he had at least 10 or more points. A tremendous season from E.K. Efficient, again, not as efficient as as he could have been, but still efficient for being the leading scorer on this team. Uh, Wyoming ended up making the NCAA tournament. Uh, They lost in the first round to Indiana. It's a a long-standing story for the Mountain West. They're not particularly good in the NCAA tournament outside of San Diego State's run last year, of course. Uh, EK had 17 points, 9 rebounds on 7 of 14 shooting in that game against the Hoosiers. Then, leading into last season, Graham EK was projected to be the Mountain West's preseason player of the year. That was the expectation. He's going to be the best player in the Mountain West Conference. A week before the season began, Grammy K suffered an injury. It was listed as a lower body injury. It was reported by many newspaper outlets that he was going to miss about six to eight weeks. Partially into the season, Graham E.K. announced on Twitter that he was going to redshirt and he was going to sit out the rest of the season. Rehabilitation from his foot injury. It, it wasn't There wasn't a lot of detail from what I saw from reports back then, but it sounded like he was not progressing in the, in the way that he wanted to and made the decision to instead rest for the rest of the season and take a redshirt year. So Graham E.K. did not play last year. Coming off of a season where he was projected to be the Mountain West Player of the Year, coming off a year where he was top 30 in points and rebounds per game, he misses an entire season. We won't go into all the details of what it meant for Wyoming, but they were absolutely horrendous last year, and that is a big part of the reason why. So after missing an entire year, E.K. decides to hit the portal. He figures that the production he had as a sophomore is likely going to lead to him getting interest from some premier programs. And as it were, as it happened, that was the case. 
A month after entering the transfer portal, almost to the day, Graham E.K. commits to Gonzaga. Now, we heard that E.K. was playing in summer scrimmages in June. We knew that he was participating in some stuff. But then he does not play in craziness in the kennel. And Mark Few says that the team is taking an overly cautious approach with E.K. He reiterated after craziness and at WCC Media Day a few weeks later that they expect E.K. to play in the season opener on November 10th. Whether that means he will play next Friday against Lewis Clark State, whether that means he will play in the Gonzaga secret scrimmage against Baylor whenever that happens, remains to be seen. If I were a betting man, if I was betting on playing time in a preseason game, which I'm not sure I would recommend, I don't think we see Graham E.K. against Baylor. We won't see any part of that scrimmage, mind you, but I don't think we will, I don't think he will play. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play against Lewis Clark State either. Maybe he'll get a small run there. If they really want him to be ready for that Yale game, they probably should give him at least 10 minutes against Lewis Clark State. Just get him out there, get him moving around, getting that familiarity with being back on the floor, playing against people who aren't your teammates. But it wouldn't shock me if he doesn't play in either of them. But now EK has the unenviable task of having to replace an all-time icon in Drew Timmy for Gonzaga. Now, EK was just named to the Carl Malone watch list for the best power forward in the country. That is news that came out today as I'm recording this on Thursday afternoon. Uh, a lot of great players on that list. Javon Porter from Pepperdine, two WCC players, a former WCC player in Johan Traore uh, from BYU, Alex Caravan from UConn. We saw him last year, Adam Bona from UCLA. Grant Nelson, tar uh, transfer portal target for Gonzaga. He's now at Alabama. Uh, Kyle Filipowski at Duke. Kishad Johnson from Arizona are among the names on this list. EK is going to be in that conversation, though. And what I want to talk about now is can a player who was the preseason Mountain West Player of the Year, can he win that award in the WCC? We're going to talk more on that. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about Andrew Nembhard because he's your game changer of the week brought to you by the Athletic Brewing Company. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. And speaking of good, Nemhart handled his first game of the NBA season with the Indiana Pacers seamlessly. He's coming off the bench now, but in 22 minutes, he had 12 points and 10 assists, putting up a double-double on six of nine shooting, going to put himself in the conversation to be a starter for that Pacers team before too long. Once again, Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. They're full of flavor and well-crafted, just like a full-strength beer. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you, or you can buy them online at athleticbrewing.com. And first-time customers can use that promo code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first order. That's code LOCKEDON at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Well, folks, college basketball is less than nine days away from the season getting started. And for those of you who are looking for tickets to those games locally, whether it's in Spokane, Portland, Seattle, wherever you may be, you want to find yourself watching a college basketball game and you want to get some last minute tickets, then you got to go use game time because I know game time is going to have the tickets that I need at a good price. And I'm going to be able to see what the view looks like from my seat right there in the app. Game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for any event you're looking for, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, music, comedy, theater, whatever it is, they've got it. And in addition to those views from your seat, you can also really use the lowest price guarantee and event cancellation protection. It makes me feel super comfortable to go ahead and buy tickets to any event that I want to go to. You can take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. 
So download the game timeout, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Right, folks, I want to thank all of you for making Locked On Zags your first listen or your first watch of the day. Shout out to those everyday listeners. Shout out to those who are checking out the show on YouTube as well. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you have not done so yet. And of course, join us on the Discord channel. There's a link in your show notes. It's free. We're talking Gonzaga basketball 24-7. We'll have game watches going on live throughout every game. So go ahead and get yourself in there if you have not done so yet. All right, we are going to continue our player preview series today discussing Graham E.K. We talked about his history. We talked about the injury that cost him last year and how productive he was as a sophomore the previous season. Now we're going to do our best and worst case scenarios. And I've said this caveat for every show, but it's particularly notable here. The best case is within reason. So we're not talking about a guy being a national player of the year, unless that's a realistic best case scenario for said player. And the worst case is without injury. What I mean by that is I'm not going to say, well, the worst case scenario for Graham E.K. is that he misses the second consecutive season. Obviously, that is true. However, typically we completely ignore injuries. We will at least address them in this particular segment because it is more relevant to Graham E.K. specifically. Let's start with the best case scenarios. The best case scenario for Graham E.K. is that that 2010 version of him, the guy we saw at uh, at Wyoming as a sophomore, that's who we get. That's the best case scenario for Graham E.K. He's a 20 and 10 guy. It's not unreasonable to expect him to put up that similar amount of production. Now, he's not going to get as many touches. He's not going to be asked to play the same role as the dominant, low post, basically only real offensive option on the team. But in a best case scenario for E.K. is he's more efficient because he is not in that role where he is, you know, option number one on the defense on the, you know, the opposing team scouting report, he's having to, to take 15, 16 shots per game. He's not going to be asked to be in that role. So a best case scenario for Graham EK is with less touches with less minutes per game, he can come close to equaling that production because he is more efficient. Again, EK was 61% on two pointers as a freshman. It was a 12 game sample size. But then he dropped to 51% because he was asked to take on a huge role offensively. In a best case scenario, those of you who've listened to the show a lot know what I'm about to say. I'm going to use the phrase Ryan Woolridge effect, which I typically use for three-point shooters who come to Gonzaga and have their three-point shooting percentage increase 8, 10, 15% sometimes because they're in an offensive situation where they have more open looks because of the just because of Gonzaga's offense allows more efficient shot taking. The same can apply for post players. The best case scenario for Graham EK, that 51% bumps up to 65. Graham E.K. could be a 65, 68% two-point shooter for Gonzaga this year because he will get more open looks. How that will happen. The best case scenario is he is an elite pick and roll option with Ryan Nembhard. Those two guys in a two-man game, screen and roll, we know Ryan's going to be excellent at navigating pick and rolls, getting defenders on his back, finding those open seams. And if Graham can set those screens, roll to the basket, and get open looks around the rim, the best case scenario is he finishes them at a much higher clip than he did as a sophomore. Again, Graham E.K. is probably not going to get 15 shots per game like he did at Wyoming. That does not mean that he cannot come close to approaching that 20 and 10 mark in this best case scenario by doing it as a more efficient scorer. 
Maybe he gets 11 touches a game. Maybe it's 10. But if he's going 6 of 10, 7 of 10 with some free throws, he can average 16, 17 points per game. 20 and 10 is probably the very, very, very high end of outcomes for Graham EK. But a realistic best-case scenario for EK is he's somewhere around 18 and 9. 17 and 10, somewhere in there as a 65% two-point shooter. The best case scenarios for Graham EK outside of that low post scoring is that he improves as a passer. He can handle more of the offensive responsibilities of a Gonzaga big man than just being a low post presence. You can get him the ball at the top of the key. You can facilitate the offense through him. He can find backdoor cutters. He can kick out to open shooters. EK had a 1.3 assists per game and 3.3 turnovers per game in that sophomore season at Wyoming. The absolute best case scenario, you flip those. Three assists per game, 1.3 turnovers per game. That's probably unlikely, but I would happily take two and a half assists per game and two turnovers per game. That's still a big shift from where he was last year. But again, being in a completely different role where he's less likely to be double teamed, he's not going to face the same amount of offensive pressure as he did at Wyoming, should allow both those numbers to improve. Now, there's also the three-point shot element. I'm not counting on it. He's three of 12 in his career, but he's had a long time off. Maybe there is a best case scenario where EK can space the floor at least a little bit, enough to play that high-low role in Gonzaga's offense, enough to keep defenses honest and be able to to space the floor in ways uh, that would be beneficial for Gonzaga's overall offensive attack. The best case scenario for EK is that his length, he's got a seven foot five wingspan and his agility make him a plus defender. EK has 13 career blocks to his name. 0.3 per game. In a best case scenario, he can be a rim protector. He's not going to be Chet Holmgren or Brandon Clark, but he can capably defend the rim in ways that at least make guards have to kick out every once in a while or forces some misses. I don't think he's going to block a whole ton of shots, but can he impact the game defensively with his length? Best case scenario is that he's he's good at hedging screens and can defend in space in ways that Drew Timmy wasn't particularly good at. Gonzaga's overall post defense improves with Graham E.K. playing most of the minutes that that Drew Timmy took previously. Best case scenario for Graham E.K. is that he is the WCC player of the year, or at the very least, he's cemented onto that all WCC first team. Best case scenario is that he's a Carl Malone top five finalist for the power forward of the year. Best case scenario is that Graham E.K. is giving the NBA a look, but once he says he's coming back, we're pumped about it. We are ready for a senior year of Graham E.K. because he gave us a whole bunch to like as a junior. What are the worst case scenarios for Graham E.K.? Well, again, missing time because of an injury is obviously a concern here. But since we're trying to avoid just discussing that, the worst case scenario is that he does return, but he's impacted by the injury. Whether it's tentativeness, whether it's a lack of lateral mobility, lack of jumping ability, things that could be impacted by a long-term foot injury. The worst case scenario for Graham E.K. is he doesn't adjust well to a more complementary role and that efficiency doesn't improve. He was 51% on twos in 21-22. The worst case is he's still around there, but because he's taking less shots, that just means less production from Graham E.K. 50% as a two-point shooter as a low post scorer for Gonzaga, that's not going to cut it. Anton Watson's like 66%. Ben Gregg has been better than that in his career. If Graham E.K. can't shoot 60-plus percent on twos, that's going to limit his opportunities to be a low-post threat for the Zags. The worst-case scenario for Graham E.K. is that the turnover issues remain, even in a better offensive system. 
He still makes bad passes. He doesn't facilitate the offense. He can't be utilized really outside of just being a low post back to the basket black hole scorer. If that's the case, he is tough to play. He might lose playing time to Ben Gregg, who is more versatile offensively. He could lose playing time to Braden Huff, who we haven't seen very much of, but demonstrates more offensive versatility in the short amount of time we've seen him. The worst case scenario for Graham E.K. outside of that offensive stuff is that defensively, he's not an improvement from Drew Timmy. The worst case is that he's worse than Drew Timmy. Maybe the lateral mobility isn't there because of the foot injury and he doesn't defend well in space. He doesn't hedge screens well. Guards can come off those pick and rolls, attack him towards the basket, and he can't do much to stop them. The worst case is he's got, like we said, he's got 13 career blocks. He's not a rim protector. In the worst case scenario, we don't see any improvement in that area. And Gonzaga, once again, does not have a lot of rim protection down around the basket like they did not last year. The worst case scenario for, for Graham E.K. is that he loses playing time to, to Ben Gregg and, and Braden Huff. I don't see almost any scenario where he doesn't start, assuming he's healthy. But by midseason, that might not be the case. Ben, ben could overtake him as a starter in this lineup. Without a doubt, that could happen. The worst case scenario for Graham E.K. is at the end of the year, we're wondering if he's going to stick around. He'll be a grad transfer. He could leave without penalty. The worst case scenario is we're not really sure how we feel about that. Do we want Graham E.K. back for 24-25? If we do, it's because we're hoping he improves in a worst case scenario. We're going to close out the show discussing Graham E.K.'s more realistic role and expectations for this year, as well as his future in Spokane. All that coming up after a word from today's sponsor, Prize Picks. Folks, Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead you to big payouts like their Taco Tuesday deals. Every Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide you with even more value. And with the Prize Picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. So for NFL and top 25 college football matchups, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second half, that player is rebooted. Folks, this is unprecedented in the daily fantasy sports space. PrizePix is the only platform with injury insurance. So beyond that, this app is also super easy to use. All you have to do is pick two or more players and choose more or less with the given stat. Now that the NBA season is back, you can hop on there. DeMontis Sabonis, higher or lower, 22 and a half points. Hit higher, he scores 24 points. You make money. It is literally that simple. So go to prizepix.com slash college and use the promo code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, that's pricepicks.com slash college using promo code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match of up to $100. Pricepicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, folks, closing out the show today, continuing our player preview episode, talking about Graham Ike, the new center for the Gonzaga Bulldogs transferring over from Wyoming. We talked about EK's history. We talked about the injury last year. We also talked about his best and worst case scenarios for this upcoming season. And now to close out the show, we're going to talk about the realistic role and expectations for EK this upcoming season, as well as his future in Spokane. So we'll start with this upcoming season. EK is going to start at the five, almost certainly. Again, assuming health, Graham EK is your starting center. I see very little outcome other than that. They did not bring Graham E.K. in here to not start. E.K. is listed as a Carl Malone Award finalist. He's listed as a preseason. Uh, he's projected to be a preseason All-WCC player. Many other places have him as a top 50, top 60 player in all of college basketball. 
healthy Grammy case starting for the Zags. That's what Mark Few expects. Mark Few expects him to be ready for that game against Yale on November 10th. If he's ready, he's in the lineup. I don't think he's going to play the 32 and a half, or 31 and a half minutes per game that he played at Wyoming as a sophomore. I wouldn't be surprised to see him down in the 25, 28 minute per game range. Partly because Gonzaga has enough depth in the front court that they can stomach him not playing as many minutes. Partly because why would you bring a guy back and immediately rush him back into a pretty big role when you don't need to and when you're most concerned about him being healthy long term? I expect Graham E.K. to start and play, let's say, 26 minutes per night. This allows Ben Gregg to take on a bigger role than he had last year. This potentially allows for some minutes for Braden Huff as the fourth big as well. I expect E.K. to primarily be a back-to-the-basket scorer, and I do expect some improvement in that efficiency. Will he be all the way up to 70% on twos? Probably not, but I would love to see him at 62-63. Something like that. Again, bigs in Gonzaga's offense have traditionally shot around 65-66%. Drew Timmy, of course, really helped elevate that by being an insanely efficient low post score, but so has Anton Watson. And so for Ike, you've got to be able to be efficient around the rim if you want to earn consistent minutes in this offense. I think that he will. I'm not sure if he'll get over 65, but 63, 62% on twos feels reasonable. I don't expect him to be asked to do a ton else. I don't think he's going to be a big facilitator. You know, he's not going to get the ball at the top of the key and have the offense run around him the way that they did with Drew Timmy. Uh, I think the the fact that they have Ryan Nembhard means they don't have to do that as much. And I don't think EK is as familiar with that role and and frankly as skilled to play that role as Drew Timmy was. So I expect that EK's primary role will be a low post back to the basket score. He won't, won't play the high spot on the high-low offense. That'll go to Watson or Greg or Huff or Yo. Any of those guys are more qualified to play that high-low role uh, in that offense. So I think he's going to be more kind of a, a more one-dimensional offensive player. Not necessarily a bad thing, just not, not the same caliber of versatility as some of Gonzaga's other current bigs and certainly not uh, the same versatility as what Drew Timmy brought to this team. I think he's going to be really strong in the pick and roll game with Ryan Nembhard, though. I expect that two-man game to be really excellent for Gonzaga this year. Coming up, setting screens, rolling to the basket, finishing through contact, Nembhard's ability to make that pass or take that shot. Like I think those two guys are going to excel at that role, and it's going to be a big part of Gonzaga's offense. I'm not sure what to think about uh, Graham E.K. as a defender, to be perfectly honest. Not a lot of tape on him. Certainly not a lot of recent tape on him. Kind of hard to expect. I don't think he's going to be a rim protector. I think a fully healthy Graham E.K., which is, of course, the caveat here, can do well in space. I think he can be better at hedging screens and defending guards in space than Drew Timmy was. And that's valuable to Gonzaga because they struggled in that area the last couple of years. But I don't envision E.K. being an eraser down on the block. Maybe he can be good enough to alter some shots. Again, he's got a lot of length but we haven't seen him be a plus rim protector in the past. Perhaps coming to a different system will allow him to to thrive in that role, but my expectation is that he's a fairly one-dimensional offensive threat who is adequate defensively. For some actual number projections, 16 points, 8 boards, 63% from the field, average defense. Let's roll with that. If we want some actual numbers out there, I'll put some actual numbers out there. That right there should put him on the all-WCC first team. At the very least, it puts him on the second team. Mitchell Saxon, Anton Watson, Javon Porter. There are some good bigs in the WCC, so perhaps those kind of numbers wouldn't get him there. But I think he's probably a first-teamer. 
What about the future for Graham E.K.? Well, he's got one more year of eligibility after this season. He's a he's a junior right now, uh, but he's he's going to graduate, assumingly. I don't know all of his academics, but I'm assuming he's going to graduate after this season, which means that he will have one more year of eligibility, but he would be eligible to transfer. They are changing the transfer rules, but he would still be eligible to transfer without penalty is my understanding. I don't think he's going to. That's not a projection I'm making. It's more of just a, a statement of fact surrounding Graham E.K.'s eligibility after this season. But what I think is that this won't be Graham E.K.'s best season in Spokane. I think he's going to be here for two years, and I think he's going to be better in year two than he is in year one because he will adjust to the role. He will adjust to the offense. He will adjust to the WCC, and he will get healthier. Assuming that he plays this year without suffering any setbacks, he should be even more prepared in the next season. I think there's a very good chance that Graham E.K.'s best season for Gonzaga is 2024-25. Will he fully be 20-10 and 10 that year like he was at Wyoming? That's hard to say. Don't know the, what the whole rest of that roster is going to look like. But you assume Ben Gregg steps into Anton Watson's role. You assume Braden Huff steps into Ben Gregg's role. You have Ben and uh, and EK playing together. I think they fit really well in terms of their, you know, their, their comparing skill sets. So I think that that works really well. My expectation is that Graham EK is going to be good this year, all WCC first or second team good, but that there's a real chance he is great in 2024-25. Does that put him in the NBA conversation? Honestly, probably not. Unless Graham E.K. becomes a three-point shooter, I just don't see it. He's a six-foot-nine big man who doesn't space the floor. Those guys aren't making the NBA. They're not. Drew Timmy didn't make it. What I mean, Graham E.K. is, even these best-case scenarios that we're talking about here, doesn't put Graham E.K. in that NBA conversation. I think he's going to have a lucrative professional basketball career, again, assuming health for him. But I just don't see it being in the NBA. But two great seasons in Spokane seems very much within the realm of possibility and him stepping into a role. He's not going to fully replace Drew Timmy. Nobody will. But stepping into a role where he can be a very, very good big in a team, on a team in an organization that has had very, very good bigs would be a really fantastic result for Mark Few, for Gonzaga, and, of course, for Graham E.K. That's going to wrap us up for today here on the Locked on Zags podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen or your first watch of the day. This is the last Friday episode, but we're not going to be talking about actual Gonzaga basketball next week. We will, of course, preview the Lewis Clark State exhibition game and have more to talk about after that game is over. So excited to have actual college basketball games coming back very, very soon. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen or your first watch of the day. Shout out to you, everyday listeners. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Join us on Discord, all that great stuff as we get ready for another excellent season of Gonzaga Hoops. Thank you so much for listening as always. And until next time, go Zags.